Hi, and welcome to The Lonely Triathlete. My name is Todd, and I am The Lonely Triathlete, coming to you from Vancouver, British Columbia. Today is Friday, June the 16th, I believe it is. And the weather is finally clearing up a bit. Might be a nice weekend, nice time to do some training. Wherever you are in the world, I hope that you are able to get out there and do training. But you know what? As you know, you don't have to get out there to train. You can train in there, in here, inside. So there's almost no excuse when it comes to triathlon training. You can always do it. It just might be inside or outside, right? So go out and get at it. Before I start today's podcast, I want to give a shout out to Dennis again from West Vancouver. He just got back to me, told me about the results of his latest triathlon. Welcome to the triathlon club. Dennis, you did it. I was very impressed by your update. And this is just the beginning, my friend. This is just the beginning of this wonderful hobby that we call triathlon. And I hope you continue to enjoy your training and have fun in your racing and enjoy meeting other people in the sport. I also want to give a shout out to my newest listener that has contacted me. His name is Ken. He lives out in the Fraser Valley. Ken spends a lot of his time doing soft shoe in front of the barbell rack at his local gym. He's not yet dipped his toe into triathlon, but he's so triathlon curious he just he just needs that impetus to take the next step. And I'm telling you, Ken, if you're listening, you can do it. You can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope you keep on listening. Now, let's get to my update. I went for another run today. Just 45 minutes moderate. It felt better than the 45-minute run I did a couple days ago. I felt no back stiffness. These are all good signs. I'm recovering from this crazy little back injury. I have yet to swim. Maybe I get my wetsuit on and head out to the ocean this weekend. It's still cold out there. But folks, I have a wetsuit. And I have a neoprene swim cap. So... What's my excuse? Heck, I do cold water showers every morning without anything. So least I can do is get a neoprene wetsuit on and hit, hit the ocean. So maybe on Monday you will learn that I finally hit the ocean, braved the seaweed and the floating logs and the other the crap that comes floating in from the Pacific to get out there and try some swim training. Hmm, good idea. We'll see if I actually do it. Now, I was thinking about my last couple podcasts and I hope I don't come across as really complaining about my injury. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like that it happened. I'm trying to just keep you updated on how I'm dealing with it and what I'm doing. Um, but I'm not really complaining per se, I hope. At least that's not how I'm trying to come across. Because... Five years ago, I had an injury way, way worse than a back injury. Five years ago, for all of you who followed this podcast from the very beginning, or who found my podcast that I do over on YouTube, 
I had um, a cavernous angioma in my brain near the brainstem. In layman's language, that means I had a blood vessel, a malformed blood vessel that was likely malformed from birth, genetic. I had no idea it was there. It's very rare. It's even more rare that they burst and bleed. Well, guess what? I won the lottery. I, I won the wrong lottery. I won the one that uh, rewarded me with a burst blood vessel in my brain near my brainstem. I woke up one morning in January of 2017, sorry, December of 2017, and my face felt a little weird, and my eye, one eye wasn't blinking right. It was just weird. It wasn't really obvious, but it was weird. And my, my partner said, hey, your eye is, like, there's something really a little wrong with your face. I said, pardon me, that's insulting. And they said, no, no, there's something wrong with, like, your, the way your eye's blinking or something. I went, I know, I feel fine. I feel normal. Went to work that morning, and as the morning wore on, it, there was something wrong with my face. So I went into the bathroom, I looked in the mirror, looked fine. But my eye was, felt, my, felt like my one eye was blinking half a second slower than my other eye. Hmm, weird. Well, as the hours wore on, that side of my face started to droop. And I thought, am I having a stroke? But my, I could raise my arms. I was speaking okay. I didn't feel like I was having a stroke. So I looked online and Dr. Google diagnosed me with um, Bell's palsy. So I told my partner, oh, Google says I have Bell's palsy. She goes, you got to go see a doctor like today for sure. I said, okay, I'll go see a doctor. So that evening, I went and saw a doctor and I didn't say a word. I walked in and, he's, and I said, I've got a problem with my face. He goes, I know exactly what's wrong with you. You have this thing called Bell's palsy. And I thought, ah, Dr. Google said I had Bell's palsy. Now a doctor says I have Bell's palsy. Obviously I have Bell's palsy. So he prescribed some medicine and said it'll go away on its own in a couple months. But when I looked up the medicine that he gave me, I thought, oh, this doesn't seem like the right dosage. So I booked an appointment with another doctor in two days. In those two days, I started to lose the hearing in one of my ears, like my right ear. And my left leg started going numb or felt like it was falling asleep. I thought, that's weird. Is this related? Huh. Well, it's all happening at the same time. So I went in and I saw the second doctor. I said, this first doctor said I have Bell's palsy, but I'm going kind of deaf in this one ear and my other leg is feeling numb. And he looked at me and said, you definitely have Bell's palsy. And your medication is not the right dosage. So I'll re-prescribe you some better medication or a different dosage. And I said, well, what about like my ear going deaf and my leg feeling numb? He goes, I don't know. But you definitely have Bell's palsy. Well, four days later, I finally got in to see my family doctor because I still wasn't convinced that I had Bell's palsy. It was like more was going on with me than just my face. Well, it took a minute for my family doctor to say, I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't think it's Bell's palsy. You need to see an ear, nose, and throat specialist. And you need to see him like right away. So he got me in for the next morning. 
Next morning, I went to an ENT. He stuck like tubes up my nose and down my throat and did all sorts of tests and looks. And he said, Todd, I don't see anything physically wrong with you. Have you had a brain scan? And I thought, well, I said, uh, well, no, I don't have a brain scanner at home. <laughs> I don't know how to get a brain scan. He goes, no, I, I can prescribe you a brain scan, but it would take a couple of weeks. And you don't I, don't, I wouldn't wait a couple of weeks if I was you. So I would go to an emergency and I'll write you a note. And here's what you should tell them, that you need a brain scan. So I talked to a doctor friend of mine who happened to be the chief of the emergency department at the hospital I was going to here in Canada. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in. We'll get you a brain scan. So I came into emergency with my partner and we talked to the um, doctor that saw us. And he asked me to describe my symptoms. I said, I have blinding headaches in the back of my head. My face is drooping on one side terribly. I'm very, very dizzy. I'm going deaf in one ear and I'm losing the feeling in my other leg. And he said, oh, okay, well, can you walk down that hallway for me? And when I walked down the hall and came back, he said to my spouse, he said, uh, he doesn't look very dizzy to me. And he was not going to do anything. At which point we looked at the blood pressure machine behind me and it was 195 over 115. And my partner said, she said, his blood pressure is like 195. And this doctor said, yeah, we don't really concern ourselves with that. At which point my friend, the chief of emergency medicine came in and said, hey, so you're getting your, your brain scan? I said, I don't think they think anything's wrong with me. And he said, oh, no, you're getting a brain scan. I'm going to talk to that doctor in private. Well, I never saw that doctor again. Five minutes later, a neurologist walked in, said, we're going to get you a brain scan. So I got a CT scan. And I was waiting in the emergency room for results, like an hour, hour and a half. There's like 50 people around me. This is not a private location. This is like just 50 people barfing into brown bags. And just, you know, it's an emergency room. And the doctor said, you know, Todd, Sauter, come over here. Right in the middle of this room with like 50 other people who are so bored. They're listening to every word we say. I thought, this isn't like the TV shows I watch. This isn't like a, a private consultation. This is really public, but whatever. And they showed my brain on the computer and they said, okay, so Todd, this is the mass that's in your brain or this is the tumor or the mass, they called it. And you can see that it's recently been bleeding around the margins. And we're concerned because these kind of masses, they're usually not the primary mass. There's usually other masses in your body. This is like a secondary mass. So we're going to get someone to talk to you. We need to do some more tests. So I went back and sat with my fr- a couple friends and thought, did they just say they had a tumor in my head? And this isn't probably the main tumor. There's other tumors in my body. I was just, it was like an out-of-body experience. So I waited and the doctors came and said, yeah, you know, we think there's other tumors in your body. And I'm, oh my gosh, okay, so what do I got to do? Well, we're going we're gonna to get you into a room. We're going to do all these tests. And for the next week, and this is right close to Christmas, They did test after test, high contrast scans, low contrast scans, 
Finally, they did an MRI and nobody knew anything and they were short-staffed because it was Christmas and oh, it was just a period of complete uncertainty. Like, what is going on with me? Am I going to die? Like, what is going on? And finally, like a week in the hospital, my ER doctor friend came in and said, hey, the results have been sitting out in the hallway for two days. Do you want me to look at them? I says, oh my gosh, yes, please look at them. Now, the Canadian medical system, when it works, is amazing. But I have to say, it's not been working that well lately, and especially not for me back in 2018, 2019. Anyway, they said they've got some theories as to what's wrong with me, but their leading theory is this cavernous angioma, which is a malformed blood vessel. My doctor friend said, this is what you want. You want this one because the rest of them are like cancer. So after more consultation, a couple more tests, they came back and said, this is what it is. It's basically a brain bleed. Uh, they sent me off to a neurosurgeon. <laughs> he was, uh, that's a whole other story. He was fantastic, but just quirky as all get out. And long story short is they went in, they drilled into my head, took a chunk of my skull out, sucked out all the blood and crap that was in my skull. And that was five years ago. And as I was recovering in the hospital, then recovering at home, my face was like a complete Frankenstein. And I couldn't, like I could barely walk 10 minutes before being exhausted. It was at that moment I said to myself, however much I recover from this, I'm going to do my best to recover and do triathlon again. I don't know how fast I'll be. I don't really care how fast I am. I'm just going to get myself to where I can swim and bike and run. And the rest will be cherry on top. And so I basically did nothing for three and a half months. And then I started to walk. Then I started to walk a little bit longer. Then I started to jog for 10 minutes and then jog a little longer. Then I got myself a, like a Cyclops magnetic trainer. I put my bike on it. I started doing some manual training. I started, you know, slowly, like every day or every other day, I did about 5% more than the last time. I concocted a great um, juice for my recovery. I don't know if it helped me or hurt me or did nothing, but I, I took rests. I learned to meditate. Um, I still do some of the same stuff today, five years later, that I did five years ago when I was recovering, which maybe I'll do a podcast about some of the things that I do for my health and recovery and, and um, mental health and all that good stuff. But anyway... Long story short, here we are, five years later. And last year, I podiumed three times. I came third in my category in the States. I came second in my category in Vancouver. I came third in a 10K run out in the valley. All after having a fairly catastrophic brain bleed. So all this has taught me one thing, which is... We are all capable of coming back from 
very serious injury, we are all more capable of doing more than we think that we can if we only believe that we can and create a plan for coming back in a timeline which is commensurate with what the body will give you. You cannot force yourself to recover. And believe me, it was frustrating to not just jump back on the bike and go 100 kilometers and run for three hours to what I was doing before my brain problems. But I just taught myself patience. And I said, I am going to take what my body gives me and no more. And an inch by inch by inch over an hour and a half, I got myself to the point where I ran, my, I ran the triathlon. And I, I want to encourage anyone listening, if you have ever gone through anything or currently going through something which is difficult, like very difficult, catastrophic in your mind, there is always a way, well, not always, I'm going to say, there is usually, there is most likely a way to come back in some form. Will you come back to the way you were before? I don't know. I came back better. But that's just my experience. If I had lost both legs, I am convinced that I could have eventually come back and done some sporting endeavor that would have blown my mind at the time. (sighs) Be encouraged, everyone. Be encouraged. If you are in the prime of your health right now, celebrate it. Enjoy it. Because if something, God forbid, if something were to happen in your future, just take it from me, a stranger over on the west coast of Canada, you you probably can come back from whatever ails you. That's my, that's my, um, that's my encouragement, right? That's my encouragement. Listen to your body. Respect your body. It is a healing machine. Your body, all your body does every day is try to bring itself back to healing. So if you give it good rest, low stress, good nutrition, exercise when you can, it will come back more than you think, probably more than you think it could. So nothing, almost nothing is impossible. Unless you're a head lying on the pillow, and apologies to all those heads lying on pillows. Maybe you've got a you've something that you can teach me. Email me at thelonelytriathlete at gmail.com if you're a head lying on the pillow. But if, unless you're a head lying on a pillow, I think there's always a way back um, further than you think. And maybe that's me. Maybe that's my optimism, which sometimes gets me in trouble. And sometimes it helps me. So... That's my encouragement for anyone out there who's undergoing something stressful, something traumatic, something difficult. You can make it back. You can. Believe in yourself. Listen to your body. Listen to your mind. Listen to your heart. Listen to your limbs. And you will be able to come back. Now, if you want to talk to me further in private, you can email me, thelonelytriathlete at gmail.com. I hope I've inspired somebody out there and maybe I've inspired your future self if you go through something difficult. But I went through something that was absolutely insane, and I managed to make a comeback. 
I think you can too. And with that, I'm going to say peace, happy training, and I'll talk to you later.